Did you hear the news? Center for Inspired Teaching and our ABCDE of Learner Needs framework was selected for the 100 Global Collection 2024. As one of 100 chosen innovations out of more than 3,000 applicants worldwide, the ABCDE of Learner Needs has been recognized by hundreds panel of expert judges as an important tool educators everywhere can use to create classrooms rich with intrinsic motivation and where both students and teachers are engaged and enthusiastic. Learn more about 100 and the Global Collection on our website, and be sure to check out our ABCDE of Learner Needs guides. All of this information is on our website, and there are links in the show notes. Hello, Hooray for Monday listeners. This is Michelle, Communications and Marketing Specialist at Inspire Teaching. Today, we're concluding our exploration of the five rules of improv with a big one. What's the topic, Jenna? Embracing mistakes. Mistakes are something nobody likes, but everyone experiences. And when we introduced this rule to our Teaching with Improv fellows this summer, it was the one everyone seemed most drawn to. I wonder if that's because the idea of embracing mistakes feels so difficult. I think so. But also, if you practice it, and really learn to do it so liberating. I mean, imagine what you could do if instead of feeling that churn in your stomach when something goes wrong, you could look at the situation and say, huh, that did not go how I hoped. What should I try next? Well, today you've got a guest on the pod who is nurturing just that kind of thinking and the children she teaches. Let's jump in. I'm Jenna Fornell, and this is Hooray for Monday, your inspiration and toolkit for the week ahead. Embrace Mistakes. Hooray for Monday, November 6, 2023. Toddlers cannot learn without trial and error. They must fall in the process of learning to walk. They must be misunderstood in the process of learning to talk. The truth is, for our entire lives, we learn through mistakes. We always get better through failure. It's how we come to understand what does and doesn't work. But at some point in our lives, we grow afraid of mistakes and that stunts our growth. As teachers, it's worth pausing to consider whether our own fear of mistakes creeps into the environment we create for our learners. That's why the fifth rule of Inspired Teaching Improv is embrace mistakes. This means practicing failure. This means seeking opportunities to learn from what goes wrong. This week, we reached out to one of our Teaching with Improvisation fellows, Candace Spencer, to have her share some expertise on this rule gleaned from working with three-year-olds. Tell us a little bit about where you teach, what grade you teach, and how long you've been doing it. My name is Candace Spencer. I'm a pre-K-3 teacher at Garrison Elementary and DCPS. This is my third year as a lead teacher. I was a para the year before and a one-on-one literacy tutor for three years before that. So if someone hasn't worked with students the age of yours before, what are some things they should know about what makes this age group wonderful? Three-year-olds in particular are just so sweet and so lovable and so imaginative. It, I think, is the, the best age because at that age, they are open to so many new things and they pick up things so quickly. So just some of the things that you hear from them is kind of amazing and the progress that you see from the beginning of the year to the end of the year is quite astounding like I don't feel like I can credit myself with all of the progress but it is quite amazing to be a part of. 
Can you think of um, a specific example of uh, one of those sort of surprise changes that you've seen over time with a student? Yeah, some of them come in with very little language at the beginning of the year. Um, sometimes it's they have speech delay or maybe um, at home is a different language. The, the language that we speak mostly in the classroom is English. And so by the end of the year, they're speaking in like full sentences, whereas previously they were just nodding their head or shaking their head. Um, and even just the emotional side of it, because social emotional learning is such a big part for littles especially. But the empathy piece, like at the beginning of the year, at this age, they're kind of all egocentric and that's normal. But by the closer to the end of the year, you see more of the empathy developing recognizing how another friend is feeling and that they might be feeling differently and how they're feeling about something and even initiating helping them out. So you took the Teaching with Improvisation Institute with us this summer, and I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what that experience was like for you. Such a great experience. I loved every piece of it. I really wish every adult PD was like that, with just all of the movement that was incorporated which being an ECE, we're very conscious of movement being a part of every single part of the day. Um, but that doesn't always translate for grownups. I think it's like we aren't as wiggly and so we're expected to sit longer. So having so much movement incorporated and also having the space and the time to consider so many different things, um, like even what we wish and hope for for our kiddos, uh, what we wish and hope for for ourselves as educators and to put these things into practice so it was it wasn't a dull moment it was lots of reminders and even for me reminders about not squashing their creativity because it comes so naturally from them and so me saying no 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 it's this this is what we're doing but saying yes and and kind of growing from what they've given what they've created <laughs> instead of saying no this is what we're doing but kind of incorporating what they said into what we're doing so there's always a way to say yes and if that makes sense so this experience we were really practicing improv and playing with it together as adults and i was that you gave an example right there but what are some other ways you've seen that experience with improv impact the work you do in the classroom it's kind of helped me to frame things differently especially in a moment that's inconvenient for me um, when a, a three-year-old's will and purpose is different than my will and purpose in the moment and so being able to pivot in the moment with what they've given me and kind of making making it work for the situation so if they're saying um i'm gonna start singing right now in large group i'll sing like two words of that and be like, oh, that's such a fun song. Should we sing it after this? And then I'll be like, yeah, they're supposed to choose a way to sit. And it's completely different than the options that I've given them. I'm like, oh, that's a cool way to sit. What should we name that? So instead of crisscross or pencil, oh, this is mermaid now. So I'm sitting like a mermaid or this is mountain now. I'm sitting like a mountain, as long as you're safe. That's lovely. Those are, those are beautiful examples of um, respecting what they're creating in the moment. Yeah. So this week on the podcast, we're exploring the last of the five rules, embrace mistakes. And it's one I remember this summer that teachers liked a lot. And I'm wondering, what does that one mean for you as a teacher? But oh, for yeah. me, 
it means um, basically making sure that they understand that I'm human as a teacher and that I'm not always right and that I'm still learning. And so it gives them, the goal is that it gives them space and acceptance to, to be wrong and to try things that are difficult and that they can't do the first time. So even modeling how sometimes I mess up or sometimes I forget and I'm like, oops, that was really frustrating for me. I'm going to try again. Or Miss Spencer made a mistake. Do you know what I did? It's a little silly. Can I tell you? And I'll tell them and they're like, that is pretty silly. And they'll help me fix it sometimes. Or even if we, we spell something or we break something, modeling like, oops, it's just an oops. Can we fix it? Or what do we do? We make a mess. We clean it up. No biggie. <laughs> even hearing them say no biggie in the classroom is kind of a source of joy for us because we, we use it so much in the classroom. <laughs> it's a phrase that they've picked up and claimed for their own. Yeah, no biggie. Or we, we spilled something or we, uh, we dropped some goldfish on the floor. What do we do? Let's sweep it up. No biggie. When we are expressing frustration or we're feeling angry in a moment and we, we didn't do things the way that we're proud of, even going back and saying, you know what? I didn't really like the way I talked to you just then. Can I try again? And kind of owning that has been really helpful for me. So that's something you're modeling as an adult. With three-year-olds, are they are they conscious of when they're making a mistake? Sometimes I think they are. Sometimes I think it's a choice. They like, like it's a conscious decision. I'm going to do something that's not helpful right now. And mm. we phrase it that way. Like we're not, you're not being bad, but the decision that you made is not helpful or the decision that you made is not kind. Um, mm. So kind of like, let's, let's try this again another way. But sometimes they'll even look up, I guess, because they're used to maybe at home, if they make a mess or if something's broken, they're in trouble. And so they look up or they'll start crying or they'll kind of be like, oh, no, this happened. And so just kind of flipping the script there that eh, it happens. I spill things, too. I break things by accident. It's OK. It fix it. That's beautiful. And it makes me think about how helpful that insight would also have been for me as a parent in navigating those situations, because parents mm -hmm. don't always have the tools to know how to handle those situations and and a mess is an inconvenience and a mess gets in the way but the way we respond to that really does teach us how to respond to a mistake so th thank you for that example if you could offer our listeners one piece of advice about embracing mistakes in their own classrooms what would it be i would say be your most authentic self at all times and that's kind of showing the little people how to deal with mistakes. And so even if it's a natural response, kind of owning that and being like, oh, I felt so frustrated that I did this, or I forgot I had this meeting today and I need to be there now. I need to take a breath to calm down before I get there. And just, it kind of helps them to develop that self-talk in their head too, about if they make a mistake, you're not beating yourself up and that you can try challenging things without being defeated if it's if it's not done correctly the first time. But that is just a part of the process of learning and that we're all still learning. Links to resources and registration pages shared in this podcast are available in our show notes. Resources, Moving Cargo, 
This activity was created by Candace Spencer, the teacher we interviewed in today's podcast. In the introduction, Candace explains the genesis of the activity this way. Our class studied all sorts of transportation last year. The students were so interested in all things trains, cars, and planes. This activity captures that interest in moving vehicles and invites play as students use their own bodies to demonstrate modes of transit, practice counting, and build fine motor skills. As students move cargo across a space, there will likely be several opportunities for things to fall, directions to be misunderstood, and movement to be challenging, inviting practice with embracing mistakes. Professional learning. Join us for our November Institutes on Nurturing School Connectedness. What can we do to strengthen relationships among members of our school community? In this institute, we will deepen understanding of what mutual respect looks like in the classroom and in the school building beyond it, apply the five core competencies in the CASEL framework to strategies that build school connectedness and belonging, and plan a lesson that builds empathy, a vital component of school connectedness. Sessions run Wednesday, November 8th, 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and Tuesday, November 14th, 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, both online. Youth Programming. Calling all high school students. A full calendar of upcoming Speak Truth dates is now available on our website. These are incredible opportunities to engage in meaningful dialogue with peers and earn community service hours. Each month, students local to the DMV can join us for a three-hour in-person session at MLK Library in Washington, D.C. And students from around the country and around the world can join us for one-and-a-half-hour sessions online each month. Students lead the conversation. Adults are welcome to listen and learn. We're seeking student facilitators for upcoming sessions. Learn more and sign up on our website. Our next in-person session is Wednesday, November 15th. Our next online session is Monday, November 27th. Hooray for Monday is an award-winning weekly publication of Center for Inspired Teaching, an independent nonprofit organization that invests in and supports teachers. Inspired Teaching provides transformative, improvisation-based professional learning for teachers that is 100% engaging intellectually, emotionally, and physically. Our mission is to create radical change in the school experience away from compliance and toward authentic engagement. Thanks very much for listening. Have a great week.